This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Don't be like Charlie. Charlie is that do-it-yourselfer who does himself in. Do-it-yourself is good for tile and grout. It is not good for asset protection. Charlie thought he'd save a few dollars forming his LLC online. With no guidance, he did it wrong. When he sold the property, he lost thousands and thousands of dollars. He did himself in by trying to do it himself. Don't burn yourself. Use Corporate Direct to set up and maintain your LLCs and corporations. Corporate Direct is owned and operated by attorney and rich dad advisor, Garrett Sutton. Garrett wrote the bestsellers, Loopholes of Real Estate, and Start Your Own Corporation. He is Robert Kiyosaki's attorney for asset protection. He and his team will do it right. Visit them at CorporateDirect.com or call 800-600-1760. Mention Rich Dad and receive $100 off your formation fee. That's CorporateDirect.com. CorporateDirect.com. Starting now, you can get a transcript of each week's Rich Dad Radio Show. Just visit www.richdad.com radio and download a copy today. This is the Rich Dad Radio Show. The good news and bad news about money. Here's Robert Kiyosaki. Hello, hello, hello. It's Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. And the question is, how do you know when somebody's lying to you? You know, do you know that? You know, if a husband comes home and he's got lipstick on his collar, what do you say? You know, what, what you, the wife's going to say, where'd you get that from? Or, do you know, like um, there's a new movie out called The China Hustle. Executive producer is Mark Cuban. That, you got to see that movie. Because if you want to understand why Kim and I do not invest in the stock market, it's because of what went on, what Cuban kind of uh, exposes in the China Hustle. And everybody's blaming the Chinese for being crooks, but on the American side, there is just as many crooks. Lying, 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 lying. So we have a very important program. It's about how do you know either your husband or wife or your kids are lying to you, or is your president lying to you, like Tricky Dick Nixon, I'm not a crook, or our current president and our Congress. I mean, how do you know if anybody's lying to you? Any comments, Kim? Yeah, we have a great show today because it really is how do you know if somebody's telling the truth or somebody's telling a lie? How do you, number one, how do you spot it and how do you deal with it? And we have an incredible guest today. His name is Michael Floyd, and he's a former CIA officer. And he is basically, a, he's a leading authority on interviewing and detection of deception. He did a lot of these interviews while he was with the CIA and the NSA, National Security Agency. So he is definitely uh, an expert in this field. And we're going to learn how you know if somebody's lying to you. Maybe it's a business partner. Maybe it's an employee. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your kids. However, find out how if they're lying. And then how do you bring that out? How do you get them to tell the truth? That's what we're going to find out today. And Very he's a, important. He's a co-author of Get the Truth and Spy the Lie. And his website is qverity.com. In this day and age, ladies and gentlemen, there could be nothing more important than finding out quickly if somebody's lying to you or telling the truth. Because definitely sports fans, 
I've had my experience of being on both sides of the debate here, and I'd rather be on the side that tells the truth. So, Michael, welcome to welcome, the program. Michael. Hey, well, thank you, Robert and Kim, uh, and thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to join you today. So tell us a little bit about your background, Michael. You, you wrote uh, Spy the Lie and Get the Truth with two other CIA agents, correct? That's correct. Tell us a little bit uh, about your background. Sure. Uh, this, this goes way back to early childhood. I always had a fascination for why good people do bad things. Mm. And uh, after graduating uh, college, I found myself in the uh, United States Army Military Police and while I was going through officer basics training at Fort Ford in Georgia, I met a young man by the name of Frank Argenbright. Uh, we became fast friends. Frank encouraged me to go into the field of polygraph. Uh, when I got out of the military, I found myself in Chicago, Illinois at uh, John Reed and Associates, Reed College, uh, got a Master of Science degree in detection of deception there. And then upon completing my training, they offered me a position to join their staff. So while at John Reed and Associates, we began training CIA officers in interviewing, interrogation, and polygraph. Uh, after about a year of this, uh, during my sixth year in Chicago, uh, they encouraged me to leave Chicago and join them in Langley. So I found myself at CIA uh, in Langley, Virginia. Let me ask you a question. You know, you had advanced polygraph services, and you know, just there's a lot of doubt about the the reality or the truth of polygraphs. And like you know, just recently, I mean, there's people who refuse to take them, and people that take them, and um, you know, it's it's always it's not the truth necessarily. So, what is your experience of polygraphs? Well, those are well-founded uh, concerns. Uh, in fact, a lot of states don't even regulate uh, the polygraph profession, which which is uh, sad. But a majority of polygraph examiners are, are very well trained. Uh, they're, they're attended all the appropriate professional schools, continuing education, and so forth. So uh, we feel that well-trained polygraph examiner who's following standardized procedures, uh, polygraph is a very effective investigative tool. Well, yeah, that's my question, is how much of the polygraph or lie detector can be manipulated by the technician? Well, it, 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 could, it could be. Certainly if it's an uh, unscrupulous, uh, unethical polygraph examiner, certainly they would be able to uh, undoubtedly set someone up to, to fail a polygraph test. I doubt if that uh, I know because has, has happened often, but so no, I, I, I've I've seen where they you know somebody wants the defendant or the accused to take a polygraph test, and the attorney says, "Well, he has to use my polygraph guy," you know, and, mm -hmm. and immediately that discredits the polygraph. It's it's a great question. When I left the federal government, I, I started this company, Advanced Polygraph Services. My clients were smaller police departments who couldn't afford their own. Uh, polygrapher, along with uh, private attorneys. I did a lot of work for public defenders. I did a lot of work for criminal defense lawyers. So I, I worked both sides of the street, so to speak. Uh, and, and I had a great reputation. So uh, I, I called it like I saw it. Uh, I, I wasn't there to make anybody happy. Uh, if, if the person was telling the truth, that's how I called it. If they weren't, that's how I called it. So, Michael, how, how do you spot a liar? 
So uh, it, it, it's a matter of assessing uh, verbal and nonverbal behaviors. We can get into the weeds on that whenever you feel that the time is right. Right. So I'm going to ask you this quick. You have two books, uh, Get the Truth and Spy the Lie. And most of our listeners are in the business of either investing or being entrepreneurs. First, let's start with Get the Truth. What could an entrepreneur or investor gain from your experience in the book? If we go back and really look at, at what we do for a living and what you do for a living, uh, it's all about collecting information. And the, collecting information involves three specific skill sets. The first would be the interviewing piece. In other words, asking the right questions. Uh, the second piece would be detecting deception. And then once you suspect somebody is, is not being completely candid, the third skill set is simply getting people to tell you things that they don't want to tell you. Now, in the financial services arena, we do a ton of work. Uh, in fact, uh, so really? <laughs> those, you mean those liars out there? My God. Yeah, we do a ton of work. Uh, there's a, there's a, a book was written a number of years ago. You, you may know this name, Eamon Javers. He, he is on all the uh, financial news shows like CN, uh, CNBC uh, and so forth. But Eamon wrote a book called Broker, Trader, Lawyer, Spy. And one of the chapters in, in Mr. Javers' book uh, is about the experience that uh, my partner Phil and I had on Wall Street years ago. Uh, started going all the way back to Goldman Sachs. We would go in and train financial analysts on Wall Street. Uh, we still do this, uh, hedge funds and so forth, training financial analysts on how to uh, ask the right questions of management teams and then how to get additional information from these management teams that they were interviewing. So they would use uh, what, what we did to factor into their own financial models to uh, allow them to make better informed investment decisions. So you say you do the interview and then you detect deception. Can you give some an example, one or two examples of what you detect, what shows up? Oh, okay, just a, a real quick uh, financial services war story. We were with uh, a client at an investors conference. Uh, in uh, Southern California, and there was a company that was presenting to the investors who uh, his company was far outperforming other companies within that particular financial sector. So there was a lot of buzz about this company. Now, how, how are they doing it? Uh, so well, during, during the uh, session to, to all the investors, uh, the question was asked, can, can you sustain, sustain it? Can you sustain your profitability. And the, the uh, CEO said, we think so. And of course, the follow-up question, well, how are you going to do that? How are you going to sustain profitability? And the CEO responded, we will continue to do what we did last quarter. So everybody was satisfied with that answer, and the group broke up. And we uh, were going to the breakout session with our client to then ask this particular CEO additional questions. So along the way, the analyst turned to us and he said, what should I do? What should I ask? And we said, by, by no means do we want you to ask, can you sustain it? Uh, because the CEO has already answered it, and, and he'll get into what we call psychological entrenchment, and it will be much harder to get him to get away from that. So 
we said, uh, make sure you're the first person to ask the follow-up question, but when he turns it open to questions, we want you to ask what we call a presumptive question. We, so we had him ask, what are the impediments to sustaining your current profitability? And the CEO responded, that's a good question. I guess we would, uh, I guess I would have to say the next two quarters will be very challenging. Well, my goodness, that, that's a completely different response than what we heard in front of the, the rest of the group. So based on that response, there was a feeding frenzy of follow-up questions. Uh, you know, what are those challenges? How will you meet those challenges? Uh, what, what challenge will be the most difficult to overcome? So those are the kinds of, of, of things that we train uh, the people in, in the financial industry to, to be on the lookout for. So, because so, obviously, uh-huh. so that's good on a very high level, but most of our listeners are not at that level. You know, like for Kim and I, our biggest challenge has been with partners who lie. And, and some of them are very, very good at deception. So if you're not in a room with a CEO, but you're interviewing a partner, be it husband, wife, business partner, attorney, business partner, what, 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 do you, what does a person do? Put them on a lie detector well, test? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a good idea. There's, there's really nothing complicated about detecting deception. The, the power of our model really is its simplicity. <laughs> Uh, it's a very systematic, objective way of assessing behavior using what we call codified rules of, of what we call timing and clusters. Uh, what, what's a cluster? Okay, a cluster. Uh, n- nobody's a human lie detector. Uh, a lot of people will give off deceptive indicators even though they're telling the truth. So for it to rise to the level of what we would call uh, deception or, or concern, uh, we have to see two or more deceptive indicators in response to a single question. So that, that's what we call our cluster rule. Uh, and then we have a timing rule. Uh, the deceptive behavior must occur within five seconds of the stimulus. And the stimulus in our world uh, is the question. So it, it, it's simply can, can you give us and, Can you give us an example? Because we're, we're speaking in theory, not real life. I mean, let me just tell you something is that, you know, Kim and I had a partner years ago, and um, we didn't really know until this person says, yes, my husband and I have never had a fight. Now, (laughs) you know, Kim and I went. Would that be a deceptive indicator? (laughs) Uh, Well, it's certainly a. Uh, interesting response. Yeah, and, and, I, 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 I certainly could not make that claim. <laughs> and and yeah, but how much of it is because I we we filter it through our beliefs, you know? Because Kim and I have a great marriage, but it definitely hasn't been. And they lived happily ever after, <laughs> you know. And I don't know why when when people live in fantasy land, I kind of check out. Well, as you as you should, when we do our training, we, we talk about the obstacles in detecting deception. And one of the obstacles that you just mentioned uh, is what we call bias. And, uh, you know, in, in bias can cut both ways. So, so to your point, yes, we do filter things through uh, uh, our own life experiences. Okay. And, uh, and, and, and the second thing that Kim and I do is 
You know, that, that was that uh, movie with Tom Cruise that was called Jerry Maguire. And the, he was a, he's a sports agent, and the, and, and the guy is yelling, show me the money, show me the money. And that became a classic saying, you know, in, in the, you know, the people of the world. But Kim and I say, show us your financials. And now the problem mm-hmm. with that, Michael, is most people don't have financials. Mm-hmm. And so for us, that's kind of a bias because if you don't have financials, why would I do business with you? And what, mm-hmm. what do you think about that? Well, yes, you, I mean, you have to do your due diligence. Uh, right. Uh, so so our, our expertise, you know, detecting deception, asking the right questions, and then uh, getting people to tell you things that, that are against their own self-interest uh, in, in, involves, uh, first of all, knowing how to ask the right questions, then knowing what to look and listen for uh, as far as deceptive indicators, and then lastly... Oh, so, so, yeah, so, so let me ask you this. If somebody, if I say to them, show me your financials, and they say, well, the, the dog ate it, mm-hmm. well, you say that, you know what I mean? I, I well, check, I, I, I check I, I'm, I'm gone. I'm out of the, yeah, I'm I, out I, of the deal. As, as you should be. Okay. That's is that is that an indicator? Absolutely. This would fall. We what we do. Uh, it, we we used to uh, put the deceptive indicators. Uh, we when we train people, we would train people in deceptive verbal indicators and deceptive nonverbal indicators. The physicals. But anyway, okay. stay tuned. I want everybody to stay tuned because it's a very important question. You know, I mean, how do you know when somebody's lying to you? You're listening to The Rich Dad Radio Show with Robert Kiyosaki. Don't be like Charlie. Charlie is that do-it-yourselfer who does himself in. Do-it-yourself is good for tile and grout. It is not good for asset protection. Charlie thought he'd save a few dollars forming his LLC online. With no guidance, he did it wrong. When he sold the property, he lost thousands and thousands of dollars. He did himself in by trying to do it himself. Don't burn yourself. Use Corporate Direct to set up and maintain your LLCs and corporations. Corporate Direct is owned and operated by attorney and rich dad advisor, Garrett Sutton. Garrett wrote the bestsellers, Loopholes of Real Estate and Start Your Own Corporation. He is Robert Kiyosaki's attorney for asset protection. He and his team will do it right. Visit them at CorporateDirect.com or call 800-600-1760. Mention Rich Dad and receive $100 off your formation fee. That's CorporateDirect.com. CorporateDirect.com. Financial freedom begins with financial education. Now back to Robert Kiyosaki and the Rich Dad Radio Show. Welcome back. Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. And we're talking about a very important subject, especially today. It's liar. How do you know when somebody's lying to you? So you can listen to the Rich Dad program anytime, anywhere on iTunes or Android. And all of our programs, our podcasts, are archived at richdadradio.com. And why do we archive them? Well, it's because repetition is how we learn best. You know, you don't learn to play golf with one golf swing. You got to swing a couple of million swings. So the same with learning and education. If you want to learn more from Michael Floyd, our guest today, former CIA agency and NSA, National Security Agency, and an expert on how to detect people lying to you, go to richdadradio.com and listen to this program again. And most importantly, 
listen to it, friends, family, and business partners. Because the question all of us, or we all know, people lie. You know, and some of the biggest lies are told by your kids. No, no, I did, I did my homework. Or your wife said, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not screwing around on you. Or your business partner, yeah, I, I did that. And one of the hardest things in life is to know when people are lying. And the worst thing about it, it seems to be getting worse and worse and worse. So if I could shamelessly plug my upcoming book, it's called Fake. You know, fake. We have fake money today. We have fake teachers. And we have fake assets. So our guest today is Michael Floyd, founder of Quiverity, Q-V-E-R-I-T-Y.com. And he's a co-author of Get the Truth. Former CIA officers teach you how to persuade anyone to tell the truth all. And Spy the Lie. Former CIA officers teach you how to detect deception. And so, any comments on that? Yeah, so, so Michael, I wanted to ask, you, you say, you know, a person, generally a person lies 10 times a day, and you talk about deceptive behaviors, things That's to look all? for. So, <laughs> I, we, had a, we had a firsthand experience of one of your deceptive behaviors, which is attacking the questioner or attacking the other person. So, for example, there was a gentleman, he was having a hard time making a decision, and I flippantly said, oh, you're being so flaky, and he just went off. He went ballistic. I'm not flaky. Da, 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 da. And he just, a total inappropriate response. Well, you know what? Today he's in jail because <laughs> he was very flaky. Mm -hmm. no, and I, I, I saw him out of jail. He's having coffee. <laughs> but he went to jail for a no. long time because Kim nailed him. But, but not that I nailed him, but that's when you talk about deceptive behaviors, can you, can you tell us some of the other deceptive behaviors that we can look for as we're talking to people or interviewing people? Um, may possibly going into business with people. Absolutely. Uh, the the uh, behavior you uh, just mentioned, Kim, falls into what we call the aggression bucket. There, there's five psychological buckets that we now put our verbal and nonverbal deceptive indicators into. And, and we're able to derive a lot of psychological <laughs> insights depending upon which bucket these behaviors fall under. Okay. But with, with the example you just mentioned, the aggression, here the ultimate goal is to get you to back away, to back off. They, they, uh, uh, they go on the attack when they feel extremely threatened and the personal stakes are high. Uh, they perceive that nothing else has worked and aggression is their last option. So that's a big one. So another bucket, a uh, big one, would be the what we call the evasion bucket. Uh, this is when the facts are not the ally of the truthful person. If you put yourself in the shoes of someone who is telling the truth, you are in the delivery mode. You want that questioner to get the information because the facts are friendly to you. The facts help you. If, if you are deceptive, if you have things to lose, uh, this evasion bucket, you can think of it as a linguistic act of concealment. Uh, two quick examples would be failure to answer the question. Uh, in other words, they fail to give you the information you ask for. Uh, another one would be failure to deny. Uh, that would be the absence of an explicit denial to something in your question that involves an act of wrongdoing or has consequences associated with it. Can you get an so example of that one? Because that's, that's, that's a long thought. Yeah. So you, you ask someone a question. Uh, if I asked you, did you steal the missing money? And you said, 
uh, oh, Michael, I'm an honest person. I never would steal uh, money from from anyone, uh, and uh, I'm I'm very trusted. I'm uh, you know I'm, I'm I'm a famous person. You, you look at that question. Not only did you what you did was uh, you you failed to give give me the information I asked for, and then you have launched into a third psychological bucket what we call the uh, the persuasion bucket where you are now trying to convince me as to why you would never take money so you you go beyond the scope of the question and you now become a salesman oh you so they, so he doesn't to... answer the question and then he tries to persuade you of what a good person he is yeah so that's <laughs> actually two buckets oh, so that it. would be two deceptive indicators they didn't answer the question uh, or they fail to deny the act of wrongdoing, and then they go beyond and they uh, begin to try to uh, sell you on why they're not the type of person that would do that. Well, you know, Kim and I are dealing with all these guys who are pitching us deals constantly. <laughs> and, you know, my this guy is now in jail. <laughs> you should, our, our track record isn't very good, but we didn't get sucked in. You know, we we didn't, you know Kim and I were sitting in his office, and the guy leads with the fact that he's a good religious guy. First indicator for me, I went, if you have to lead with that, I better cover my wallet, and I won't mention the religion. And the second yeah, no, thing, he shows to. us nice pictures. Uh -huh. He shows us nice pictures. And we have, and we our belief system, if you have to show me a nice picture or a big brochure, you're covered. The brochure is a smokescreen to Kim and I in yes, our belief system. Yes, because whenever he would explain a deal, Michael, he would get very complicated. It would be so complicated, and he never could give you a straight, simple answer. So that mm -hmm. was a, that would have been a big indicator, wouldn't it? And so finally, uh, uh -huh. when we asked for the numbers, and I'm not great at numbers, but Kim is, boy, she smelled a rat, a big, fat rat, and we walked now, good, good, yeah, good for you guys. Fortunately, uh, a lot that, of people did uh, not. Go ahead. Our, yeah, our, we, we call we, we call that invoking religion, and that falls oh. under the uh, per, per persuasion bucket. They use God as a third party witness. Oh, <laughs> I, I didn't like endorse it. them, though, uh, Michael. I, I know that. <laughs> uh, it's kind of the same when somebody says, "I have integrity" or "Trust it, me." Exactly. Integrity and trust exactly. are lead words. Big brochures are lead were are lead smokescreens to us, and it's because I think we're we're a different level of investor. I don't, we don't like nice brochures. We like <laughs> bad brochures. You know what I mean? So but you, anyway, okay. so you've got you've got these five buckets. You've got the aggression. You've got evasion. You've got persuasion. What are the other two buckets, Michael? The next one would be what we call manipulation. So to be successful in line, I need to manipulate or control the process to my advantage. Ah. So I will do things like repeat the question. Uh, so I, I need to buy myself think time. Ah. You ask me a question, I have to make that, that conscious decision. Do I tell the truth? Do I lie? Okay, I'm going to lie. What do I say? I need time to formulate that lie. So by repeating the question, uh, that that's what causes what we uh, a behavioral pause, hmm. uh, which would be another example of of well, that that would be a uh, fall into a different bucket. But repeating the question, I'm 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 manipulating, I'm managing that interview process. Uh, we, people recognize that silence is universally seen as deception. So by repeating the question, I'm bridging this awkward gap of silence 
to buy myself time to formulate an answer. But also that could be a negotiation tactic. I use it all the time. You know, when somebody asks me a question, I say, would you repeat the question? Yeah, and, and yeah, none, none of these behaviors in isolation uh, are, are, are signs of untruth. It's just for right. So that's why we use this cluster rule. Okay. Two or more deceptive indicators what? Uh, to rise to the level. We had Tricky Dick Nixon who says, I am not a crook. Then we had Tricky Dick uh, Clinton, <laughs> really. And he says, I did not have sex with that woman. Are they liars? <laughs> Certainly those examples you've given, uh, I'm not a crook, uh, that, that's a, uh, that, that's a convinced statement. It falls into the persuasion bucket. He's not answering the question. I did not have sex with that woman. I don't know if you ever had an opportunity to see, uh, President Clinton's deposition, but, uh, his definition of sex uh, do you remember the, the famous, it depends upon what the meaning of the word is, is? Yep. Yes, yep. yes. Yeah, that's that falls under the manipulation bucket. It's, it's failure mm. to understand a simple question. So if the deceptive person feels trapped by your question, one strategy for them might be to, to use that definition as a plea of ignorance as a weapon against you. Yeah. Uh, and, as, and so, as you know, most guys really love uh, Clinton because he redefined sex. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Bill. Thank you for that. Hey, so, Michael, are there also— Wait, wait, wait. Oh. wait one more guy. We yeah. have this guy, uh, Trump, was a friend of ours, and now he's calling Comey a crook or a slimeball. What, what is that? Well, it, potentially you could put that in the attack, the aggression bucket. He's, he's perhaps trying to— uh, attack the integrity of, of the former director uh, by impeaching Comey's credibility. It, in turn, would enhance uh, his own credibility. But doesn't so that, that make that's, Trump that's, look worse to some people? Or do you think actually people actually buy well, he, that? He, does, he uses attack a lot. Anybody yeah, but says something about him, he attacks that, them. All I'm asking, Michael, is mm -hmm. when, when somebody attacks like that, does it work or does it make it worse for the person? Well, it's like I said, it's a weapon of last resort. Uh, and, and so the, the, the purpose uh, in, in most situations is to get the questioner to back off, go away. Mm. Uh, and so often, if you think about personal relationships or re relationships you have in the, in the business world, you ask someone a question and they then launch into this big attack, uh, their strategy is to get you to stop asking questions about that. Right. So they want to and, make you and, very uncomfortable. And then right. got so, a personal so question. We, personal uh, go question. Ahead. You had Valerie Plame, right? She was an operative in the CIA. Mm-hmm. And then something happened. This guy Scooter Libby does something, and he, then he outed Trump, her. Uh huh. Yeah. And then Trump pardons Scooter Libby. As a CIA person, what was your thought on that whole thing? I mean, outing a CIA agent isn't that what happened in England when those two spies got poisoned? I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I, I don't. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah, I don't know the particulars of that, but that 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 that's a a very bad thing to do to. Uh, to you know, identify someone as a, a, a CIA undercover agent. I was undercover. My two partners uh, were undercover at CIA, and I mean, these are life-threatening things, uh, which in our, in our world is unforgivable. 
So what what is your opinion of Trump for pardoning Scooter Libby? One theory is that he's uh, sending a message to to others that uh, you know if 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 you don't don't play ball with the investigators, don't worry about it. There, there's a pardon uh, out there for you. I mean, that's, I'm, I'm not saying that's my opinion, but that's what uh, a lot of people are uh, opining. That's very interesting. I just, I just want to ask you because you know we're not mm-hmm. inside the CIA or NSA. And, that, and that's to me that's unforgivable to out somebody. Yeah, well, it is. I, I completely agree. So, uh, Michael, just going back to the the indicators one more time. Um, are there uh-huh. any physical physical indicators, body language, things like that that yeah, you these, should look for? Uh, right, right. Uh, there are. These are what we used to call the uh, nonverbal indicators, and they now fall into what we call our reaction bucket. These are the nonverbal indicators that are caused by the fight or flight response. Uh, this is where the anxiety leaks out through uncontrolled body language. Uh, so you see indirect response to a question, uh, people uh, performing grooming gestures, uh, clearing their throat, uh, pulling, biting, licking lips, uh, simple what we call anchor point movements where they shift around uh, while answering your question. Uh, so so all, all these nonverbal things uh, fall into this reaction bucket. Uh, it, it's simply caused by the anxiety leaking out through this uncontrolled body language. It's, and eye contact, if somebody doesn't make eye contact with you, is that is that also in that no, bucket? No, I'm so glad you brought that up, Kim. Uh, there are some huge misconceptions that lead people astray. The big three are, are eye contact. We, we do not rely on eye contact. Uh, there's now research showing that liars have better eye contact than, than truth-telling people. Uh, close posture, uh, we, we don't evaluate that. Close posture is your arms are crossed when they're talking to you? The, yes, those, those kinds of things. We don't evaluate that. We don't evaluate if somebody's really nervous. Uh, that is meaningless to us. Uh, our, our whole model is predicated on cause and effect. If we don't know the cause of the behavior, we simply do not evaluate it. That's uh, good. That's one, good. Yeah, and, and, and one final thing that, that everybody should be aware of is we ignore or disregard truthful behavior. Uh, we, we all think we know what a truthful person uh, looks and acts like. We now train people to to not pay any attention to that because it's so easy to imitate and replicate Mm. uh, good posture, friendly, good eye contact. You can look like a truthful person even though you're not telling the truth. So uh, that's really the underlying assessment principle uh, into how we go about our work. That's Michael, Michael, that's Michael Floyd. That is fantastic. Um, I wish you could want to bring you back on because very, very important subject is how do you know somebody's lying or telling you the truth? Because, you know, it's cost Kim and I millions because somebody was a liar, liar. And we highly recommend uh, you get Michael's two books. One is called Get the Truth. That's the latest book out, uh, came out in 2016. Get the Truth, Former CIA Officers Teach You How to Persuade Anyone to Tell All. And his earlier book is Spy the Lie. 
So highly recommend those books. Michael, thank you very thank much. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for your work. We appreciate it so thank much. You. Thank you, Robert and Kim. Have a good day. Especially today, your work is priceless. I yes, mean, it crucial. is. So thank you. When we come back, we're okay. going to ask Robert. You're listening to The Rich Dad Radio Show with Robert Kiyosaki. Don't be like Charlie. Charlie is that do-it-yourselfer who does himself in. Do-it-yourself is good for tile and grout. It is not good for asset protection. Charlie thought he'd save a few dollars forming his LLC online. With no guidance, he did it wrong. When he sold the property, he lost thousands and thousands of dollars. He did himself in by trying to do it himself. Don't burn yourself. Use Corporate Direct to set up and maintain your LLCs and corporations. Corporate Direct is owned and operated by attorney and rich dad advisor, Garrett Sutton. Garrett wrote the bestsellers, Loopholes of Real Estate and Start Your Own Corporation. He is Robert Kiyosaki's attorney for asset protection. He and his team will do it right. Visit them at CorporateDirect.com or call 800-600-1760. Mention Rich Dad and receive $100 off your formation fee. That's CorporateDirect.com. CorporateDirect.com. Log on to RichDadRadio.com while you listen. Now back to Robert Kiyosaki. Welcome back, Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. And I'm going to want to thank Michael Floyd, founding partner of QVerity, author of Get the Truth, and Spy the Lie. And once again, you can listen to the Rich Dad Radio Show anytime, anywhere on iTunes or, on, or Android. And please listen to this program again at richdadradio.com. The reason why we repeat it is because that's how you learn. Listen to this one more time, our interview with Michael Floyd and things like that. You will get smarter, but most importantly, it's good for your family, friends, and business partners to listen to this because they're probably lying to you. Do you know what I mean? What our whole point here is this: people lie, and the moment you say somebody's telling you the truth, you're, you're you're setting it up to be disappointed. So that's why this is a very, very important program. So lying is part of our culture, and unfortunately, it's getting worse. Any comments? Well, I, I wish I had this information years ago because I remember the one uh, yeah, investment. You would never have married me, would you? Yeah. <laughs> I would have asked some different questions. <laughs> but I remember too, we did an investment and there was just something was off. We invested a little bit of money. We actually checked out this company. But now looking back over this list, I can see where they were doing this. They were doing evasion. They were doing aggressive thing. I mean, I can see it much more clearly now. And of course, this guy is also in jail as we speak. So um, it's a really valuable book. And it's all about really being aware and spotting when somebody's behavior may be deceptive and you may need to walk away. Yep. And it starts at home with the kids and the wife and yeah, the husband and, and all that stuff. Because our uh, CEO, Mike Sullivan, is a former attorney and he handled divorce cases and child custody and adoptions. And he says the couples are lying, lying, lying. He said the, 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 the length of time a couple can lie to each other is 14 months. That's as long as they can lie. So yes, I love you, dear, and all this. He says, but 14 months is the max, and then it comes out. <laughs> he says, you find out she was lying to you, and she's screwing every guy in town and all that stuff, or he's doing, he's doing it all around the place. But people lie. And to sit there and pretend that people don't lie is being naive. So that's why, please get Michael Floyd's book, Get to the Truth, Get the Truth, and Spy the Lie, because ladies and gentlemen, it's part of our culture, unfortunately. You know what I mean? I, I tell Kim now, 
my first marriage lasted nine months because I was a liar. And my ex-wife, Janet, you know, she just said, look, until you can tell, you know, be an ethical, legal, and moral man, don't get married again, which was good advice. But, you know, Kim and I, we talk about it in front of people. If I cheated on Kim, how long would you last? I'd be gone in a heartbeat. Yeah, and most wives put up with it, same as husbands. You know, I mean, we all know that. Well, no, your kids are doing it, whatever it is, but they lie to you. And so this ability to get the truth and spy the lie, and the way he does it is fantastic. I read some of his, the way his protocol, how he handles it. It's not like the Marine Corps. The Marine Corps, they just go, just like Nicholson. They go right in your face. And then the problem with Nicholson in The Few Good Men was he was lying. He committed a crime. He had Santiago killed. Now, he couldn't admit that. The so-called, I never heard of Code Reds as a Marine. I never heard of such things. But apparently he had to cover up the fact that whatever they did killed a Marine. And that's where he couldn't handle the truth. So ladies and gentlemen, we're just being human here. To pretend you never tell the truth, I mean, never tell a lie, you're lying. That's it. So we want to thank you all for your questions. And you can submit your questions to askrobert at richdadradio.com. We appreciate hearing from you because we want to know what's on your mind and we want to know where you're at and what questions you have. So please submit your questions to askrobert at richdadradio.com. And the first thing I want to plug is my new book is coming out. It's called Fake. You know, there's fake news. There's fake money. Our school system is filled with fake teachers. And in the asset world and money world, most of those guys are lying to you. I mean, Kim and I were just in Puerto Rico, and the first thing we knew they were lying to us, nice brochure. I mean, nice brochure, and people were giving them money. And our rule of thumb is the nicer the brochure, the bigger the lie. And that's why financial education comes in, is because people, when it comes to money, will lie. People will lie about sex. People will lie when they do make a mistake. We're human beings. So that if you understand that, please don't sit up there and, you know, put on the white robe and pretend you don't lie or your family, friends, and business partners and, aren't you know, lying. And Michael said it really well. He goes, if somebody's trying to make something very complicated, and often those big brochures are very complicated, and they throw all this jargon and all these numbers, and but they don't get down to what's the bottom line? What's my return on investment? Da da da. da. Give me the bottom line. They make it very complicated, and then that tells me they're hiding something because they're trying to. They're trying to, what do you call it, dazzle me with their BS. So, Nicer the brochure, the worse the deal. That's a lie. Melissa, what are some of the questions? Okay, Robert, our first question today comes from Reed in Denver, Colorado. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. He says, I've owned my own business for three years. We've now grown to the point that I feel like I need to take on a partner. I vetted the person that I feel would be best. However, once I present the appropriate legal documents for him to sign, he insists that they're not necessary because we know each other so well. I do know him well and trust him, but I feel strongly that I can't proceed if he doesn't sign the partnership agreement. What are your thoughts or advice on this? Well, Kim, what do you uh, think? I mean, I would... what bucket does that go into? <laughs> that Michael into Floyd's a bucket. That's a bucket. That is a bucket. That could be evasion. That could be persuasion. That could be manipulation. Um, if you've got a, you're bringing in a part, number one, you say you're bringing in a partner. You've been friends for a long time. You've been running this business for three years. What is your partner? Number one, bring into the table. And he's a partner 
that you've known for all this time? Is he a partner because he's a friend or is he a partner because he's a really good business qualities that he's bringing to the table? Uh, you know, as long as it all goes well, great. But as soon as something goes wrong, if you don't have that partnership agreement, I would never do a deal without a partnership agreement ever. That's it. I mean, I mean, I don't know why, what, what that person is hiding. It's nothing wrong. Both sides have attorneys read it and discuss it and be open and put it on the table. And you should always have what's called an escape and evasion clause in case it goes wrong. See, Kim and I did not do that. It's cost us probably $50 million. So when you understand the price of that, people lie. My attorney lies. It's horrible, absolutely horrible. When it comes to money and family and friends, they lie because they don't have the guts to handle the truth. It's tough. It's tough. So anyway, I uh, to me, that would be an indicator. How about you, Kim? Oh, that would be a strong indicator. I mean, number one, the fact that this new partner is so naive that doesn't think we need a partnership agreement, that's just smart business to have an agreement. And, and, and you know, it might be a good thing. Go into partnership with, with them, take the pounding, and you'll come out smarter. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to do it the way we did it. <laughs> poorer, but at least you'll come out smarter. You know, experience is so-called free, but it's expensive, yeah. you know, and experience is real education. That's why I don't trust most teachers. They don't have any real world experience. They live in La La Land. They live in the ivory towers. You know, every time, this is my book, Fake. Fake money, fake teachers, and fake assets. That's why people are broke today. And these fake teachers, it was my accounting teacher in my MBA program. The guy had a master's in accounting but he had never been an accountant and he was, t I, he was arguing with me and I was arguing with him. Fake teachers, it's my book, Fake. Next question, Melissa. Oh, I got one more point, one, one quick point to read. Um, I learned this a long time ago. If you, this person that you're bringing in as a partner, if it's something that he's delivering that you can pay for, if there's services that you can pay for, pay for it. Don't make him a partner. Very good advice. Don't hire an accountant to be a partner. Right. Next question, Melissa. Our next question comes from Spencer in Bakersfield, California. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. My fiance and I are arguing over the idea of a prenup. We have both reached a level of success in our professional lives. I love her very much and certainly am not anticipating anything going wrong in our future marriage, but I feel strongly that we need to sign a prenup just as much for her protection as for mine. This topic is a major source of disagreement and it upsets her as she doesn't want to sign it. What are your thoughts on entering into a marriage with each person having financial protection over what they're bringing into it? My suggestion is listen to this uh, interview one more time with Michael Floyd and you can come up with your own answer because we don't know your partner or your, your future ex-partner or your future partner mm -hmm. because you never know. The biggest lie ever told is, and they lived happily ever after. That never happens, sports fans. And our, our future and our, our ex-partner, all they said to us, we're the perfect family. We never get upset with each other. It was the biggest lie. And it was kind of, Kim and I twigged on it, but we didn't question it. We ignored it. We ignored it. So this always, as Michael Floyd says, author of Get the Truth, Spy the Lie, and my new book, Fake, coming out. You know, it's online, so you can comment on it. But just because they're upset doesn't mean they're lying. 
and, and I don't know your partner, so I don't have the right to make that judgment on it. But I like the idea of getting these books because Michael actually goes into questions to ask in these certain situations. And, and how to ask them. And how to ask them. And same with your kids, how to how to find out if what they're doing and how to ask the questions and how to have the right tone and how to approach it. So really valuable book, and I think that's a great suggestion. And my upcoming book, Fake, will be online. Let me tell you about it. It says you have fake teachers. They lie to you. They're the biggest pack of liars. I Man, I grew up with them. They're good people, but they lie to you. They, they can't tell you they don't know something. And fake assets, the bigger the brochure, the worse the deal. Thank you for listening. You can submit your questions to askrobert at richdadradio.com. And thanks one again to Michael Floyd, author of Get the Truth, Spy the Lie, and Q Verity. Very important sources of information, especially today. And thank you for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Knock that fire down, 19. Copy, Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.